Welcome to the Love Works Here podcast. I'm Sean York. I'm Hannah Gorham. And we are here with episode 10, Hacking Happiness. What a name. Who came up with that one? <laughs> it's kind of crazy that we're on episode 10 because we didn't actually know if we'd make it here or not. <laughs> We've gotten a lot of uh, really nice messages and reviews and just emails. So it's been enough. Every time this feels like work, like editing these down feels like, man, this is a lot of work. Then I get like some, I hear like a podcast review or something that I read and I go like, we have to continue. <laughs> this is, you know, so thank you for everyone who has reached out and just the people that we've talked to that really value this. So this is cool. Yeah. You guys are crazy supportive. It's really cool. So today we're going to be talking about Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Eat Last. Now, if you don't know Simon Sinek, he is the author of Start With Why. It would be amazing if he could be here, <laughs> but we're not really a big deal. We're not really on the map yet. No. So maybe someday. But until that day, we, we will are... shamelessly plug his books. We are, we are going to basically be doing a lot of, I would say, it's not plagiarizing. We're going to talk about his book a lot because it's awesome. Yes. Now, here's the cool thing about this book. If you enjoy this podcast, this book is a must read. It inspired me to start talking about culture and had the courage to start speaking on it because a lot of what I kind of believed in the business that we were doing, there's no book out there that kind of says like, if you do this, people will love their job. There's really nothing out there that promises this. But a lot of what he starts to say in the book tells case studies and stories of CEOs taking over businesses and making changes. And then eventually, you know, things started to feel like a family. And I was like, oh man, like I almost felt like there could have been case studies or, you know, stories from our store that you, it would have fit really well into this book. Yeah. And then, I mean, even besides the case studies and it talking about human nature and just how we're wired as people, it just talks about what we need from each other and what we need in day-to-day life. And it's, got a lot of really good points one of the things in one of the first chapters he talks about a ceo that had this revelation in looking at this business that he took over when he saw all the people come in for coffee in the morning before work and they're sitting down and they're just enjoying each other like old friends and they're laughing and joking and making fun of each other and then all of a sudden when it's time to work everybody gets up and they're just kind of lifeless and it, it says like you could see all of their energy just leaving them and it was so sad And so he had this, you know, just this thought, this light bulb moment that says, why can't we enjoy ourselves when we are at work like we do when we're not at work? And so basically everything he did from there on out, you know, he goes, I got to find a way to to, to where they can do this job and be happy. And so it's really cool, that case study. But in the first couple chapters, he talks about that it's possible. It's possible for you to do this and for people to feel like family and which is really cool and really validating for you know, everything that I believed. But then you get into the next like three chapters and he starts talking about happiness on like a biological level, like only Simon Sinek can do. <laughs> and he goes into the chemicals in the brain and how we're wired and it's it gets really, really deep. So if you're like me and you really are fascinated by psychology and really what motivates people and why people do what they do, then I think that you'll really love this. Buckle up because it's going to get really scientific and (laughs) but there's hope if you're like me and the other side of the coin and you are just trying to figure out what your people need from you and how you can lead them better i think this is also for you so this is episode 10 hacking happiness (laughs) i love my job high volume fast food 160 employees it is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy but i truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job it sounds impossible and when i first started this business it was 
I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework, but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them, and we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York, and love works here. Okay, so our bodies were created to survive. Everything we can see from our eyebrows to our toenails, everything on our bodies serve a practical purpose to help us survive. So inside the brain, it's doing the same thing. Just like we have practical things on our body, there are practical things in our brain that motivate us to do the right things and to stay out of trouble and keep from getting hurt and injured and to bring us together as people and keep our tribe safe. So the first chemical that is in our brain that affects us is endorphins. So this is like the runner's high. I have felt this one the least in my lifetime. <laughs> okay. This is the chemical used to mask pain. Okay. So in the, you know, like caveman era, imagine that you're hunting, you're a long ways from home and you're exhausted. Now at this point, you're going to get attacked by a lion and die and he's going to eat you. And, <laughs> Where are you living? And the food that you just captured. It's the chemical designed to give us the boost of energy to get us back home when there's nothing left in the tank. So some practical examples of this, if you've ever been in the, like, in the drive-through working or in a situation where it's hard work, but we're getting closer and closer to beating a record, and then like you're sweating and everything, and typically you'd be like, man, this is hard. But they go like, hey, we're about to beat our record, and then all of a sudden, all the pain leaves. There's no pain, and it's like just awesome, exhilaration. That's endorphins. It's the, the, the pain of like, it's hot, it's cold, it's whatever. It just It doesn't matter anymore. There was this time, we were at a baseball game recently, and we were sitting pretty close to the dugout and my kids had already caught a baseball during like batting practice. So we were good, but the guy in front of us, it was his son's birthday and he hadn't caught one. There's a pop fly. It goes up in the air and I see it coming and I jump in the air and I swat this thing down. It hits the ground and the moment it hits the ground, I pick it up and before anybody knew where the ball was, I had put it in his glove. And it was like, it felt great. And everybody was like, oh, thanks, man. It was so cool. And I was like, oh, that was awesome. And I sat down and I said, oh, man, I really hurt my knee. <laughs> and apparently when I came down, I scraped like my whole shin all the way up to oh. my knee on the seat in front of me. The thing was, I didn't even know it happened until after everything had settled down and the kid got his ball and everything was fine. But I didn't even notice it at all. That's endorphins. It's like you're so fixed on something that like your body says, don't worry, we'll worry about this later. It is the chemical that was used to mask pain in that situation. So the other thing that releases endorphins besides the whole exercise and runner's high is also laughter, I guess. I didn't yeah. understand that. Okay. But. Well, it says it in the book and laughter. So imagine when you laugh, essentially all your organs are convulsing which should hurt. It does. Your stomach can hurt sometimes. But it but it when you're laughing like you're okay. Like we don't that's go no, like nobody none of us says like oh that's really funny but I better not laugh cuz it's going to hurt. <laughs> Actually, Jake said that. Really? really? His appendix got taken out. So it's abs hurt. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> That's a lot. Ex that's extra pain. Sorry, Jake. Feel better soon. But uh, anyway, the, it is essentially like endorphins is what masks that because your brain wants you to laugh because it knows that like that's what helps you survive. It's being happy is good. It's good for you. So although it's all your organs convulsing, it doesn't hurt at all. But eventually when you laugh real hard and a belly laugh, eventually it starts hurting because the endorphins wear off. It, the pain was always there. It's just the endorphins wear off. It's really fascinating. So crazy. Yeah. The next chemical is... 
Dopamine. Dopamine. What is dopamine? So dopamine is that good feeling that we get when we find something we're looking for. Really, it talked about shopping in this chapter. Foraging, like that is what it used to look like way back in caveman days, like we were talking about. So foraging, you find what you're looking for, you feel good. And that ends up being a really good thing because now you have something to eat. I, I call it like the check mark chemical. It's like, yeah, it's a good way check, of putting check, it. Check. Like it feels good to, do, you know, to check things off the list. But have you ever done this before? Like you go like, I've got a lot to do today. And then like, maybe you start to work at seven, but it's like 10 o'clock and you're like, man, it's already 10. I got to, I'm going to make a checklist. And then you make a checklist and then you go, well, hold on. I've done like four things already today. And so you write <laughs> those things on the checklist and then you check them off yeah, because you're like, I needed that. I, like I needed that. That's dopamine. Like <laughs> I need to feel good about that. So we've all felt that. Yep. Hopefully you, I'm not the only one who's. No, you're not. You're okay, not. that's good. But puzzles. Okay, so why does the last puzzle piece feel better than the first puzzle piece? It obviously does. It's yeah. why my kids steal a piece of the puzzle. <laughs> so they all can be the last one to put the puzzle yeah, piece in. because you get a hit right when you complete it. Yeah, that's dopamine. Uh, deleting emails. I love... Clearing the inbox. <laughs> clearing the inbox feels so good. If you've never done that, it's it, and that's just it's just dopamine. Mm -hmm. And the more effort that something takes, the more dopamine that gets released. So yeah. if it's a really big project, you feel even better. Yeah, throwing things away and clearing clutter. Like for me, clearing my office and clearing everything out. That's for me. I love doing that, and I I know now that's because of dopamine. Yeah, it feels like finished work, but it doesn't work that way for everybody. Well, okay, so it's like survival. I think for me, in an emergency, if I needed to do something, if I needed to find my keys and run, I would be able to do that. I wouldn't have things in the way. If there was boxes all over the floor, I'd be like... That's so interesting. And I don't know, like I could totally see myself going down like an Enneagram trail or something with this because I wouldn't think like that. Like for <laughs> other people, it might be like, no, we need to like store things up. And I feel like that would be more like what I was doing. It's like throwing things away. That's crazy talk. Like, so someone else might say like, well, what if there was a power outage and that box that on the floor that you threw away? Well, that was full of yeah, that was water food. bottles. That was, exactly. Like, uh, okay. If we throw it all away. Yeah. I've got totally like the scarcity mindset or something. So I don't know if that's like, like yeah. an Enneagram thing. Releasing dopamine for one person. It might be some things and it might be that's why the Enneagram is kind of cool. Can you figure that out? <laughs> That's true. It talked about having tangible goals in this chapter in when, about dopamine and saying that if you have a like a purpose, like a purpose statement, that it has to be tangible, actionable. It's very important for your employees to set goals. You know, we talked about putting the goals on the flag. It's something that they can actually achieve because if it's just this ambiguous goal of, you know, to be the greatest and the best and to be loved. Yeah, then how do you know when you at, hit that? At the end of the day, like they're going to be like, did you reach your goal today? Did you check that box? Of Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I tried my best. But uh, you were saying something earlier about we have to make sure that we're giving them goals that are tangible because we don't. The only metric that you have to measure when you clock in is when you're going to clock out. So if there's nothing that you're working towards accomplishing when you're at work, the thing that our brains just automatically go to is like, when is lunch? And that's sad if like the only thing that gives someone dopamine in the day is leaving work. So I, I love having checklists. I, I think that people like, you know, midday checklist of kind of like, okay, lunch is over. Now let's do all these things. It, it helps pass the time, but it helps make them feel like they've uh, accomplished stuff through the day. And there is the dopamine feel in during the job. So, so the next chemical is serotonin. So if the first two chemicals were like the productivity chemicals, the ones that keep you productive and storing food and keep you alive, these are the chemicals that build community 
and that bring people together. So serotonin is the first one of these two. He calls it the leadership chemical. It's the feeling of pride, the feeling of validation. He tells the story in the book of Sally Field winning an Oscar, and she said, I've never felt more validation than I did in this moment. She's like, you really love me. And so we've all kind of felt that, maybe on stage at a graduation or when you've won an award or something. I thought it was really interesting, too, because Simon Sinek, does, he talks about serotonin making us feel a sense of accountability to people who supported us. I thought that was a crazy way of thinking about it, but it's true. Like even with the graduation example, yeah, my parents are over there and like they helped me graduate. So I do, I feel something towards them in the moment. And the cool thing about it is it builds a loyalty. And that's why in early days, serotonin is what made people loyal to each other so that someone would have your back. So the human brain releases a chemical to help reinforce the bond between parent, child, student, teacher, coach, player, boss, and employer, leader and follower. You've heard Kalea say this, like, Daddy, if I do this, would you be proud of me? You know, <laughs> Daddy, I got an A on this. Are you proud of me? When I say, I am proud of you, that's serotonin. It's so important to know that in the business. When you come in the door and people are leaving and we're saying thank you and we're saying you did a great job, we, we talk about hacking happiness, but the fact is, like, if I say I'm proud of you, it releases serotonin. Now, you might think, like, oh, that's being manipulative. and But, like, it's better to do that than just to say nothing and not do that. To know you could have the power and the influence to make someone happier. No, it's you don't. It's still yeah. better to do it. It's even worse if you don't. So anyway. Yeah, there is something inside of everybody that wants to make other people proud of them. So you're really like withholding that when you don't say it. Like all it is is words. All they need is words. Yeah. So the next one is oxytocin. Oxytocin is the chemical love is what he calls it. And it's like the warm, fuzzy chemical. It's the feeling of friendship and deep trust. It's kind of the, they talk about when you go to camp or you go away to someplace and you come down the hill and you have like this camp high, you know, and like, oh man, he talks about it's holding hands and singing Kumbaya. It's why that feels special. It is that feeling of community that we're all in this together. And it's important to the human brain and to like our survival. It's what brings us together as a tribe and keeps us together. It's what keeps us from getting eaten by lions. You know, <laughs> it keeps the pack together. So one of the things oxytocin that we see in the business is somebody comes through and they say, I'd like to pay for the person behind me. And the cashier goes, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, I can't wait to tell that person. And so of course, you know how it goes, like, right? The next mm -hmm. person and the next person, the person giving it feels oxytocin for doing that. The person receiving it feels it. And then the cashier feels it. And then they start to tell everybody else. And this is the cool thing. There's like an endless supply of it. As many people watch, all of those people get to feel that release of oxytocin. Yeah. You know, it's funny when they're doing that in line, you know, maybe like it goes for like 30 minutes straight or something. And then all of a sudden it stops. And everybody's kind of sad. Yeah. You know? We got to start it again. Or they almost want to go like, well, maybe we can just tell somebody. This one could be on me. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Is that allowed? I don't know. I thought it was cool too that we are biologically designed to find comfort when we belong. Oxytocin comes about also as a result of physical touch. So yes. You can't use this all the time in business. And I don't know where it started, but everyone at our restaurant hugs. And so it's a little thing, but I didn't think about how much that could totally change the work environment. Until you start thinking, not everybody does that. But even in the book, it talks about babies that weren't touched for in the first like two weeks. Um, they have severe disabilities growing up, just emotional, like what happens to them afterwards. And so it's really, it's the physical touch. It's not just, it's not just a touch. It's the chemical, like the brain is developing and needs this much oxytocin and it didn't get it. Okay, so we have four chemicals that are happiness chemicals and then there's a bad chemical and this is cortisol. 
This is the stress and anxiety chemical, the gut feeling that something isn't right. He talks about the gazelle and a lion, and one of them perks up, and then it goes into fight or flight. And so it's stress and anxiety, and it's a shot of this, but it's what saves your life. It's what protects you. Yeah, so it's what alerts us to take extra measures to protect ourselves. The interesting thing with this is it temporarily shuts off non-essential functions like digestion, growth, and your immune system. Hmm. So we aren't designed to experience cortisol for a long term. It's meant to be a shot of something that saves your life. So when you deal with stress, anxiety, when you're working in a place without trust and you have to deal with that long term, that affects your immune system. It actually means people are going to get sick more. Yeah. And like all things, you're going to start to adapt to that level of stress that you're feeling, but it doesn't mean that it's healthy that you are. And he also talked about people don't feel stressed because the job is hard. They feel stressed because of bad leadership. So now that we are experts, <laughs> right? <laughs> let's walk through the York framework and let's just real quick talk through all our pillars of the framework. So in the York framework, we have a path. Which is, first and foremost, an incentive structure that doesn't pit people against each other. So cortisol is removed. Is that from the book? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, did you just come up with that? So It's all in my brain. <laughs> the path essentially eliminates the, it's not fair, I'm being cheated. Somebody else got you know this and I was supposed to get it. So that's what the path does. So it is the elimination of cortisol right off the bat. Yeah, there is no, he's pitted against her for promotion. It is a playing. level playing field. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so momentum is the next one. And momentum is people moving forward. They're finishing their checklist. They're being promoted. And this is, there's a lot of endorphins here. Like today, we had somebody when I was leaving and she said, it's my fry shift. And she's like freaking out, you know, it's going to push her. And so like they will feel the endorphins in that, you know, so that's good. I mean, that's why the fry shift which is hard work is fun it ends up being fun but then there's dopamine from the checklist obviously like that's the big one with the momentum and all a box all our checklists there's there's checklists and checklists and then there's serotonin from finishing the list when they finish the list what do we do we take their photo we put it on slack and we say like look who finished their list and then when they get promoted they go on instagram and all of that is just a serotonin the feeling of validation and the approval from their peers Mm -hmm. so family is the next pillar in the framework and this is oxytocin all day long (laughs) every one of these outings is just bringing people together we know how important that is higher purpose. There is endorphins when you feel like your hard work is for a a bigger cause. One of the things that we talked about in the higher purpose episode was making sure that your higher purpose was something that you were already accomplishing, something that we were already doing well, rather than something that you hope to do someday. Basically, like they're already achieving it. Be proud of it and put that on the flag and say, we're going to do that all day long. And so when we found out that the customers were saying, when I'm here, I feel at home that's going to be our higher purpose. And you're already doing it. Just keep doing it and be proud of it. When we hear the customer say it back to us and say like, man, you really make me feel at home. That's that validation. That's the serotonin. But as the, in, in the act itself, there is that oxytocin in that interaction. It brings us all together as a team. Endorphins are released at the end of the biggest day, because even though this is like the closing crew and the biggest day means like we had a really intense dinner. So they worked really, really hard. Plus they have to close it down. But there is actual proof on our store's Instagram because they get to the end of the day and they're still smiling. They're still celebrating. They're still so excited because they got that final push at the end. It's just so great. If you're not tracking and and putting those on the wall and celebrating them, you know, I have heard some businesses of like, well, I don't want 
want to tell the team how much we did in sales because I don't want them to think, you know, and it's like, man, missed opportunity. Yeah, you're way more likely to achieve something if you're actually measuring your progress to get there. I remember going to Zappos and seeing like they had this big thing on the wall of like $11 billion or something like that. And, you know, if, if Zappos can do it and everyone can be happy about it, it's okay that you share with the team that you did $2,000 in an hour, <laughs> whatever. The last thing on here is accountability uh, on the framework. Accountability is really, there's dopamine in our checklist. I mean, we are just ruthlessly accountable to these checklists but also uh, serotonin for finishing lists you know we have the accountability of the 30-day checklist right in the first 30 days they've got to finish this and when they do you know we take their picture and look who finished their 30-day checklist that's helps that helps them be happier and feeling that they've been validated by their team especially when they're new and then the removal of cortisol and stress you know when we have like i said stress and anxiety have less to do with the work we do and more to do with bad leadership. Sometimes when you have a leader who's not leading well and you have to have a really tough conversation and you have to part ways with that leader, it helps because it's removing cortisol from the business. And like we said, the more stress there is, the more anxiety that compromises everyone's health. So if you run a business and if you're listening to this, you can create a place of love. And that's the power of systems and that's the power of all of this. You don't have to be that dynamic, charismatic leader that is emotionally feeding all of your people. If you create a place where all these systems feed your team, you will create a place of trust. It's such a powerful thing. Yeah. So if you've gotten this far, you know what they need. So they want to feel that runner's high of endorphins and they want to feel like they're checking off the boxes and getting that dopamine. They want to feel that when they've done something, you've said, I'm proud of you. And and you want to put that on the wall. And then oxytocin. They just, they want to feel that love. You need to make sure that you're doing things where they get to spend time together and get to know each other and become lifelong friends. Now, there might be a skeptic out there saying, okay, you called it hacking happiness. And now (laughs) it was catchy though, right? It was catchy. Yeah. (laughs) But this is just manipulating people. And to that, I say this as a leader, if you knew you had the opportunity to change things to where everything that you do in the job is able to get the same results, but in a way that makes people happy, why wouldn't you do that? That's all. That's all we have. Uh, I hope we didn't lose you in there. Yeah, we were a little scattered, but we were excited. (laughs) But this is uh, is, uh, just fascinating, super fascinating stuff for me. This is the kind of stuff I love to talk about, and it's good stuff. But did you have fun, Hannah? Was this good? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, because I'm all about just figuring out like, what, what do the people need? Um, And this is exactly the answer to that. Like in their work, they want to feel these things. So yeah, definitely. Well, join us next episode, but I want to tell you, uh, please still, this is growing this. And a lot of people have said, you know, you've got to keep recording stuff. You got to, but so what we ask uh, of you is two things uh, to leave us reviews. Those are really important because it, it introduces the podcast to new audiences. It gets recommended to new people. The more reviews and ratings that we get, but also reach out to us because right now we are in this like blue ocean space of, <laughs> we know that we should record and everyone, and a lot of people want us to record but what would you like to hear from us? Yeah, absolutely. So we've had some people, and it's been so cool because I don't even know how they get a hold of us. Well, I know how they get a hold of you, but I've had a couple reach out to me, and it's been super cool. But yeah, what questions can we answer? You're running a business, and maybe some things don't quite fit. Um, asking those questions or asking for clarification is not at all a bad thing. And if you send us questions and problems to solve, we want to bring them on here and talk about them. We would love to do that. So We cannot promise that we're experts by any means. <laughs> But it's fun to talk about it. It is. It's true. So thank you again. This has been the Love Works Here podcast. Thank you for listening and being here with us. Following along this far. (laughs) Take care of yourselves and be well. Mm